Hey, welcome to episode number 115 of this podcast that is dedicated to the amazing value of Scripture. My name is Dan. I'm a pastor in Central PA who's and whose world has been changed by the Spirit of God breathing life into the Word of God. And, and I'm telling you that when the people of God dive into the Word of God, brought to life by the Spirit of God, good stuff happens. Life happens because life requires more than bread. We desperately need the words of God. In the last episode, we started on Psalm 23. There, there will likely be a handful of Psalms in this top 40 episode, uh, journey that are worth Uh, or maybe a better way to say it, there will likely be a handful of psalms that require uh, more than one episode, if any of them do, Psalm 23 does. So for one more time, we're letting the words of Psalm 23 soak into our souls. Let me read it again, this time from the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, even though we started there in the last episode, I have to go back to it. What what an incredible statement, especially in today's consumer-driven world, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I, I lack nothing. When Jesus is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I mean, do me a favor for just a moment. You don't have to tell me what it is, but just bring to mind one thing that you think you lack. One thing that you think you need for your life right now to truly thrive. What, what is that one thing you're seeking? One thing that you could give up most of what you already have to gain it. Do you understand? It's the holes on the inside that cause us to feel like we're lacking something. Have you struggled with peer pressure? If you experience it when you're younger, chances are good it's still there. It's the evidence of a hole that you're trying to fill with what others think of you. Do you find it hard to say no? Are you a people pleaser? Do you need something from your spouse or or friend? Don't get me wrong. Life-giving relationships can be a beautiful thing, but sometimes we look to each other to fill needs that only God can or should fill. Is self-esteem an issue? Are you often afraid of making mistakes that will make you look bad in other people's eyes? Have you ever told a lie, (laughs) just a little one even, in order to make yourself look a little better? Have you ever felt like you need people more than you love people? David says, when the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. In his book, When People Are Big and God is Small, Edward Welch tells about William. For a long time, I didn't have any self-esteem, William said. The only time I felt good was when I had $100 sneakers and a $60 sweatshirt. If I didn't have them, I didn't want to go to school. Nobody who knew him would have thought that underneath that cool, tough image was a soul that could be squashed by cheap shoes and a Walmart sweatshirt. What do you feel like you lack, David says? When the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. Just 
press pause or maybe even rewind. Picture in your mind all the stuff that you have right now. Your house, the car you drive, the jewelry you wear, the business you've built up, the money in your retirement account, the papers you've written, all your promotions, the stocks that you've traded, the Xbox game, the closet full of clothes, the garage full of toys, whatever it is. Can I remind you, remind us of some very important truths laid out for us in Scripture? Number one, what you have is not yours. Number two, trying to hang on to what isn't yours will leave you feeling empty because the only way to find life is to give life away. And number three, what you have or do not have does not define who you are. Let me say that one again. What you have or do not have does not define who you are. In Luke 12, 15, in the message version, it says, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. You're not known to Jesus as the guy who has a really cool car, the couple who have an incredible house, or or, or the lady who's made her way to the top of her profession, or, or the guy who's an amazing family. Jesus looks at our heart. You and I are known by our compassion and our kindness and our patience and, and the level of our humility and our heart for service. David says, when the Lord is my shepherd, I'll lack nothing. Why? Because when the Lord is my shepherd, he'll be guiding me through the process of heart transformation, healing up the holes on the inside so that I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. He lets me rest in green meadows. I will not lack rest. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I'll find places to water my soul. He renews my strength. He restores my soul. We work in an R-rated world that is constantly doing damage to our souls. But if he is our shepherd, we will not lack health and restoration. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. We will not lack in guidance for our life path. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. We will not lack courage. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. We will not lack victory. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. We will not lack the blessings of God. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Most importantly, we will not lack the presence of God. Well, what if it was possible to live a life, to walk a life path that would lead us to look around and and even look forward into our future and with confidence say, I lack nothing. David says, the Lord is my shepherd and I will lack nothing. It, here again, the message behind those words, what I have in God is greater than anything I don't have in life. And remember St. Augustine's quote, he who has God has everything She who does not have God has nothing, and those who have God and everything have no more than those who have God alone. See, Augustine had learned what it was to never lack. Go back to your one thing, that one thing you lack, that one thing you need in order to be happy to find fulfillment, that one thing that you would give almost everything that you have a way to get. I will be happy when fill in the blank. Uh, Let me just ask you, if your dream never comes true, if you never gain that one thing, if your blanks never get filled in, if your, your fantasies never become realities, you don't get rich, you don't get married, you don't get healed, you never find a job or pass the grade, your daughter never gets it, could you still be happy? And if not, 
You probably never will be because there will always be something you lack. If not that thing, something else. But here's the good news. There's a God who wants to be your shepherd. Max Lucado writes, You have a God who hears you, the power of love behind you, the Holy Spirit within you, and all of heaven ahead of you. If you have the shepherd, you have grace for every sin, direction for every turn, a candle for every corner, and an anchor for every storm. You have everything you need. And who can take it away from you? Can cancer eat away your salvation? Can a mispromotion change the depth of God's love for you? Will poverty keep your prayers from being heard? Will someone else's opinion change God's? Can anything keep you from his love? No. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He lets me rust in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He restores my soul. Remember Psalm 23, that's where we end in the last episode. Psalm 23 in our life of blessing actually begins with rest and renewal. And in other words, we rest our way into blessing. The blessed life does not start with activity. It's not a, a reward for achievement. It starts with rest. The order is significant. We've turned the concept of the Sabbath into a day off, a much needed rest from our busyness. But the Sabbath was never meant to be a passive resting. It was always this space of time, this sacred place, uh, an active turning from work to God. Life doesn't begin until we find our rest and renewal in Christ. Sometimes we even twist this up in the church. You know, this is the message that Jesus was giving to the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation. He said, I know, I know, Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, I, I know how hard you worked. I, I know what you've accomplished, how you've grown the church. You're bursting at the seams. You've served people. You've helped people. I, I know the trouble you've gone to and gone through. You're dedicated and you're pure. You, you love my truth and you've done it all for me. It was a great church. Happen in church, but something was missing for all the trappings of success. In spite of all the accomplishments, something was missing. Jesus said, but I have this against you. You have left your first love. See, you can have hard work without heart work, purity without passion, deeds without devotion. We can be big and busy and beautiful without being blessed. The blessed life starts in rest and renewal because the source of a blessed life is in our relationship with Christ. The primary blessing of the shepherd is the shepherd, <laughs> which leads to another characteristic of the life God blesses. Listen to David's words in verses 2 through 5. He, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. E even when I walk through the darkest valley, the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you. You are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing." Do you notice the transition? In the first few verses, David refers to God as he. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores me. He guides me. But in verse 4, David moves from he to you. I fear no evil, for you are with me. God, you comfort me. You prepare a feast for me. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. See, if we want to live a life that God will bless, we must move from he to you. In other words, it's not enough to talk about God. We need to talk to God. It's not enough to study theology. We need to practice doxology. We, we should talk about God. We, we should. We, we should study theology. 
But don't stop there. It's not enough to be a student of Christ. We need to be so in love with Jesus that he gets our heads and our hearts Monday through Saturday. I remember a staff leadership retreat a number of years ago. We were spending a day away to pray and plan. And at some point, I'll be honest, I can't even remember exactly what we're talking about. But Dan Dorsey, who was our executive pastor at that time, he made a comment, something like, well, you know what? We can make all these plans and try to persuade people to do all these things. But ultimately, we just want people's hearts to be captured by Christ because that will change everything. Isn't that exactly it? And here's the good news. That God, that Christ, he is pursuing us with his whole heart. Listen, listen to verse six. David writes, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, a lot of you grew up reading in your translation of the Bible, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Like God's goodness is a tag along, just hanging out with insight, a little bit behind us, not too close. (laughs) But the word used here for follow is the word, the Hebrew word radaf. It it means to be chased, harassed, or pursued. (laughs) You will be chased, harassed, and pursued by God's goodness all the days of your life. Like a sister in pursuit of her long lost brother, you are pursued. You are pursued by the goodness of God. What does that mean? Well, wherever you are, bring to mind one of your main highways. I'm thinking right now of 322. It goes from my home in Bullsburg to Harrisburg to Philly. So I'm imagining that I'm driving down 322 towards Bullsburg, outside of Bullsburg. I I just passed Myers Dairy down the hill, past the funeral home, when all of a sudden you see a a red light flashing in your rearview mirror. And with, with that sight, a little seed of fear begins to grow inside you and compels you to push the gas instead of the brake. I know you would never do that, that, but just imagine. So you're roaring down 322 through Bullsburg, trying to get away. And meanwhile, every law you've ever broken begins to flash past your eyes. The quote in your master's thesis that you forgot to footnote, (laughs) tearing the tag off your mattress, speeding, every failure, every lie. Meanwhile, you remember that one more ticket will give you enough points to revoke your license and you you won't be able to take that hard-earned vacation to the Outer Banks with your husband. But your 1979 Ford Pinto just does not have enough power to get away and he finally forces you over. You sit there trembling as he walks up to your window and he says, man, you must have a really guilty conscience. When I came up behind you, you weren't even speeding. (laughs) And then he reaches into his pocket, he pulls out a wallet and says, you you just left the waffle shop, right? I was there and they asked me to catch up with you and bring you your wallet. You, You left it on the counter and you feel like a fool as you reach out to take your wallet in. And then he says, oh, there's one other thing. You you were the Waffle Shop's one millionth customer, and you want a free trip for two to the Outer Banks. God pursues you. He harasses you with his goodness and mercy. And then just when you're starting to breathe easy, the officer says, now you you are under arrest. (laughs) You'll have to leave your Pinto here and come with me. So you get into the back of his car and he takes off and soon you realize he's not headed downtown to the police station. He's headed out of town. He turns into this incredible estate through a huge gate and under 200-year-old oaks. You drive up to this beautiful estate wondering where in the world are we? And he says, this is my place. Not only do I want to pay the price for your ticket, I want you to live here with me. That's your cabin down by the river under the pine trees. And I will dwell 
in the house of the Lord forever. I will be at home with God. And the only problem with that illustration is that it only scratches the surface of the incredible blessings of a blessed life because ultimately it's not about lacking nothing. It's about having a shepherd. It's not about fearing no one. It's about having a champion. It's not about having a banquet in front of your enemies. It's about being invited by God to sit at his table. It's not about having a house. It's about being part of a family. It's not about being pursued and found. It's being pursued and found and loved by God. It's not about having the gifts of the giver. It's about being had by the giver of the gifts. And if we had nothing, but we were had by God, we would have everything. And so we come to the table which he has prepared for us. It's a table prepared for us, even in the midst of dark valley days, overwhelming enemies. And he says to you today, stop for a while. Set aside all the distractions, all the things that that, that you're running from because of what's going on inside of you. And take a deep breath and just sit down. It's safe here. It's time to celebrate. Don't keep running. I have a place for you at my table. With those thoughts in mind, let me read Psalm 23 again from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And and even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Did you notice that? There's not very much for us to do there. He, he lets me, he leads me, he renews me, he guides me, he protects and comforts me, he prepares, he honors, he pursues. Not very much for us to do other than to make sure that we pick a good shepherd. I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible sometime today, just take this psalm and pray through it. Maybe it'll guide your prayers. Maybe you just pray the words. Let, let your ears hear the words come out of your mouth. God God, please renew my strength. God, guide me. God, uh, would you be close beside me as I walk through this hard time? God, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, and I will live in your house forever. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that that, uh, even though in our day, it ain't so good to be a sheep, (laughs) to be called a sheep. God, the reality is when you are our shepherd, we are blessed. You, you let us come into your presence. You, you lead us to quiet streams. You renew our strength. You guide us in the right paths. You protect us from our enemies. You comfort us in the hard times. You prepare the table for us. You honor us. You pursue us with your love and your unfailing kindness. There's not... There's not much for us to do other than to make sure we pick a good shepherd. And God, we just affirm, you are a good shepherd. Jesus, you are the good shepherd. I pray that we would recognize your voice. I pray that we would follow your leading. 
I pray that we would find the rest and renewal that comes from being your sheep, your people, your family, from following you. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.